Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. I mean, this is like a Halloween topic, but are you into scary movies, Josh? You into scary movies? Eh, not really. I don't know. It's just not my thing. What's scary, though, to you? Like, what's a scary movie? Is I, it more... I watched The Conjuring 2. I Blood and Guts, was. or... I watched The Conjuring 2, and it was on Halloween night back in high school, because like, that came out like in, I don't know, like 2016, 2017. And right. I'm not, not going to lie here. I couldn't sleep. It was, it freaked me out. Like, we watched it on Halloween night, mm-hmm. me and a bunch of my friends, in, like, yep. someone's garage, like, in the dark, and, like, that person's sister was, like, outside, like, trying to scare us and stuff, and it, it just wasn't a good combination, so I don't know. I've never been a big scary movie fan. It kind of depends on um, what the movie is, though. Like, some of them I can handle if it's not as believable, but, like, if it's, like, super realistic or, like, super, like, jump scares get me. I don't, I don't, I don't know if uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's suspenseful. The best thing to say, but like jump yeah, jump scares. scares that's getting. right. Yeah. Mm, yeah, me too. But more like I mean, the suspense part of it. So last night, I have not watched like a good scary movie in a while. And last night, I just wasn't that tired. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna go to bed yet. Kind of just hanging out. And knock at the cabin door came up on my uh, smart TV because I was just kind of bumping around. You ever well, seen that? Yeah, you know that, that came is? out like. In the last year, right? That's with um, David Batista. I think. Um, yes, it is, and it came out. Yeah, maybe, maybe the last year, within the last couple of years, probably. Um, it was yeah, twenty twenty three. You're right. Knock at the cabin. Knock at the cabin. Not knock at the cabin door. Uh, and it's M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Right. N- M Night Shyamalan. I think is how you say his name. That's more of like a suspense one, right? Where it's just kind of like you don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Next. See, those ones are kind of fun. That's exactly right. Yeah, they are. It's also he did um the alien movie when the um alien came down. What uh, movie was that? That was with um uh what are you, uh, Phoenix, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. What was that night? That movie he made. Was that and I can't think of the darn contact? name of the movie now. No, not First Contact. Uh, uh, signs, Signs, Signs. Yeah, he did that one. It's kind of like that where yeah, it's kind of weird and. It's like a little bit out there, so I don't know. I, I don't mind his movies at all. The point is, watched it last night. It was not like scary, scary, but it was suspenseful, and I'm, it was kind of freaking crazy. 
And then I was wondering, am I going to sleep okay? And I, I, I was a little restless last night, but it wasn't because of that. So could you not sleep after you watched that movie you said, The Conjuring? Yeah, no. I, I, it, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's, it's just got a bunch of jump scares in it, and it's... Yeah, know, it's just creepy. Like it's it's not even like realistic creepy. It's like unless I mean unless you believe in like ghosts and all that stuff. But like I just I don't know. It was just too many jump scares for me. But like for the most part, I've I've been able to like say like okay, like this isn't real. Like you know, it's just a movie. But back in the day, like it was just a, a real problem for me if I watched a scary movie. Well, I uh, I'm I'm do I'm okay today after watching it. But just figured I'd you know I. It's, it's not something I've watched in a while. and Maybe I'll watch more of them. Maybe I'll also watch some more scary movies. But it was more suspenseful than it was scary. But if you get a chance to watch it, anyway, the point is um, it wasn't bad. I didn't mind it. Might not be for everybody. Knock at the uh, cabin last night was the movie. Tonight, I there could be a scary movie joke in here. I don't want to make one. All right. But I am planning on going to the Sabres game tonight with my family. So, uh, and. You know, the way they've played, you could say, yeah, it's been scary watching the Sabres. I get it. But um, I, it's just, it's tough. It's tough to go. It's tough to watch. It was one of those deals where, hey, we got tickets. Like, you want to go? Uh, you know, I can give the tickets to somebody. No, we're going to go. And we enjoy going. And, you know, my son's 10. He loves going to games. And, of course, he wants them to win. No doubt about that. But, you know, what's funny is, he, and that's what it is. Uh, I read an article, I think it was Mike Harrington who wrote in the Buffalo News last week in his column, and I think I think is what he wrote, basically, and I apologize if I don't get this right. But I, I think what he wrote was something along the lines of, here's this homestand. You want to go see Sam Reinhart? Like, hey, totally, right? You want to go see this team? They're really good. Why would you want to go see the LA Kings, necessarily? And the reason I would give is because they might be able to beat them. But I don't know. They did beat them last time they were they played. They were out in L.A. and they beat them. But that's why I would want to go watch them. But I would tell you, because my son says to me, whenever we say, I say, hey, we got tickets for a Sabres game coming up. They're playing you know, Tuesday night or playing Saturday. One of the first things he says to me is, who are they playing? And then when I tell him, he says, are they good? Yeah, Kings aren't bad. Um, they're better than the Sabres, record-wise. 24, 15, and 10. That's actually really good. So 24 and 25 overall, where the Sabres are 22 and 29 overall, 22, 25, and 4. Um, if you put it in that context, the Sabres are a little bit closer, but that's why I would go. And it's still a, it's still something for, you know, I, I want him to go. I want him to win. I want him to win for him. I want him to score goals. That hasn't been happening lately. Now you got Owen Power out. It's just been this lost season, right? I mean, it's just so frustrating watching this team and this season, I should say, overall. And what I can't figure out or understand is how they're going to play this trade deadline with all the reports that are coming out that they want to get better. They're not getting better to make the playoffs, right? I mean, that's not going to happen. I don't know how you're making up. What is it, Josh? Are they 12 points out? I got to look at the stand. Are they 12 points out now yeah, 12 of points. a playoff spot? 60 and 48 are the Red Wings and, and Sabres difference, I believe. Is that correct? I think that's the difference between the points. Um, they're 12 points out of a playoff spot. You got Elliot Friedman reporting and other people reporting how the Sabres are, you know, trying to get better now. They want to make their team better now. Now, I think that in context, the word now means get better now, but it really means to be better to get the ground running next year, next season. But what do you do to how do you do that when at the trade deadline, the guys that are usually traded to make a team better now 
are the guys on expiring contracts that teams get to get better in the playoffs and have for the playoffs, like for a playoff run. That's usually a trade for getting better now. The teams like the Sabres generally are the sellers of those team, of those guys at the trade deadline. They wind up getting picks back. But here's this team that has, Jeremy called it this way, I love the term, prospect fatigue. Yes, I mean, what? I'm done with prospects. I've been done with prospects for three, four years, maybe longer, considering this is working on a 13-year playoff drought, by the way. I've been, I've been done with prospects. I don't need prospects. I don't need picks. They have picks. They have, they're going to pick high again this year, unless they trade it away, obviously. But, I mean, right now, they're in a position to be in the lottery and pick high. And there's, there's Kulik down in Rochester, and there's Savoy, and there's Rosine. And name your guy. I mean, there's and Devin Levi up and down, right? There's prospects all over the place. There's prospects on this team. J.J. Paterka is no longer a prospect necessarily. You could use that term, but, I mean, he's a good player. He's young. You got Jack Quinn. Now he's injured, obviously. But I, these, are, these are guys, this is a young team. Still with young talent, I think. But the problem is you... If you're going to make a trade to make yourself better now, I don't know how you do that at a trade deadline. Those are basically summer trades. Those are draft trades. It's going to be very interesting. And then there's the Casey Middlestat problem. Do we call it a problem? I don't even know. He's not a problem. He's been really good. He's I still I think he's still the team's leading scorer. I don't have the stats in front of me. You have the Casey Middlestat problem, which is he's going to be an RFA. And there's talk that they want they they might move him. I mean, you move Casey Middlestat, you better get a nice haul. But what team is, I guess, I, I here's how it would have to play out to me. This is the only way I could envision. If you move Casey Middlestat, you need to get some good things in return. And I'm not talking picks and prospects anymore. I'm talking good players. But the only way you kind of do it now is to probably do it with another team that's not in the playoffs. Because what team is in the playoffs, or at least thinks they're going to make a run in the playoffs? There could be a team that's, you know, Sitting there and like, yeah, you know, we're not going to do much this year. There's been teams that sold when you didn't think they'd sell at the deadline. But what team is going to give you good players who are on actual contracts with term on it right now instead of keeping them for their own playoff run, knowing that they still have them next year? That's the issue. They've kind of put themselves. Well, of course, they put themselves in this situation. But I just don't know how you go about it. And that's going to be Kevin Adams' task. If you believe all of those things that you hear and read, and I have every reason to believe what Elliot Friedman has reported, I believe, uh, I think Andrew Peters said something on their podcast with Peters and Reve, and, you know, even talking about goalies, looking for a goalie, looking for a goalie. I mean, I, I thought they were, they, they, I thought they thought they were pretty set at that position for a while even if it's not necessarily going the way they thought immediately for Devin Levi. As Joe always points out, it's perfectly normal for his development and you know, the way it's happening for him. So, I, yeah, I don't know how they do it. I just know it's, it's frustrating. And I, I, fear, I fear we're going to get to the trade deadline, and whatever they do, it's going to be, well, why did you do that now? <laughs> like what? Aside from the coaching point of should you move, move on from Don Granado, at this point, Nobody's coming in here now to get this team to go, I don't know, how many, 24 and 10, 20 and 10, whatever it is you need to get to, something like that. I, that that's not going to happen. 
it'd be the, one of the most incredible runs at the end of a season we've ever seen. And there's nothing to suggest that's going to happen right now. So you, you have to put yourself with the mindset of, okay, they're not going to make the playoffs. So what do you do with the roster? Well, typically in that situation, you offload guys who might be on expiring contracts. You go to Kyle Oposo, you say, do you want, or he goes to you and says, I want one last run, maybe to play for a playoff team. Maybe that happens. You're not going to get much for him. You got Eric Robinson. You got Eric Johnson. Or, I'm sorry, you got Eric Johnson. You got, um, I think maybe Robinson. I got to look at his contract. But these are guys that might get, you know, they just picked up Robinson. But Eric Johnson for sure. You know, these are the, the these are the players that you'd be normally moving. Not guys like Casey Middlestat now. Any team in the playoffs would want Casey Middlestat, no doubt. But why would that team give up players they need for the playoffs? That's the issue I have and why I'm wondering how they're going to do this. So now you have the Owen Power injury on top of that. He he eats up minutes. He has not had a great season. He's had basically, I think, what we'd call a sophomore slump. Don Granado was asked about him on Jeremy and Joe this morning. And he sounded the same way he did. Who did he talk about a couple of weeks ago? Oh, Cousins. I think it was Cousins, right? No? Man, was it Cousins? It was somebody else. I remember Granado talking about somebody a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember who it was right now, and basically said the same thing. Maybe, maybe it was Owen Power. Maybe it was the same guy. And he said the same thing he's talking about Owen Power today, which is, yeah, well, like a lot of our team, they're struggling, but you see the you see the talent. That's another way of saying they didn't give you as much as you wanted this year. That's an, that's that's coach speak and code for we have not he has not progressed the way we needed to and we need him to be better. And look, I I mean, he is a he is a second year guy. He's super young, Owen Power. And I'm not ready to throw Owen Power out. I know a lot of you very frustrated. What does it matter? I saw the reaction today when it was announced Owen Power is going to miss a week or two or something like that, right? Granado says it's going to be a few games, probably at least a week, maybe a little more. And the reaction from social media is, well, addition by subtraction. Well, it doesn't matter. They don't need him. Right, they might not need him for like a playoff race, but I still want Owen Power to play and get better. And he's still one of the, you know, he's a top defenseman on this team, even though he hasn't played that well, because nobody's quite frankly played up to that level that they needed to this year, except maybe J.J. Paterka and Casey Middlestad, I guess. So, and lately UPL. You get the point, though, which is, I just don't, I don't, I don't know what the path is here. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. I'm so intrigued and interested on what they want to do. And tonight... They play the LA Kings downtown, and I'll be there, and I want them to win. I'll go. I'll root for them, and I'll be sitting with my 10-year-old son who just wants to see the Sabres win, and whenever they play a game, I'll, he'll say, who are they playing? I'll tell him. he say, are they good? And if I tell him, yeah, they're like the best team in the league, he'll be like, eh. He'll be thinking, I don't want to go. They're going to lose. <laughs> and then if I say, like, yeah, this team is not that good, then you're like, oh, yeah, we might win. But he, we love going to the games anyway and being a part of it, so... I always see a lot of you out there. People who are listening. So thanks for saying hi whenever you see me at the arena down there. Love going down. We'll be there downtown tonight. Game's at 7. Puck drops at 7 downtown. Pre-game at 6 here on WGR Sports Radio 550 and along the Sabres radio network. We're going to get with Paul Hamilton at the bottom of the hour. And then at the top of the next hour at 11.05, it is going to be our friend Evan Lazar from Covers the Patriots. He was... He was at the, uh, I think, eh, I don't know, he was at the, um, I think he was at the Senior Bowl, I believe. But either way, uh, he's been doing some of the events lately. He's been really all on top of what's happening in New England. I think it's very interesting what their quarterback situation is. They have the number three pick. There's been some reports they're going to try to trade Mac Jones. I don't know what you can get for him. Uh, there's been some different quarterback 
talk out there with some different teams lately. So he's going to join me, Evan Lazar, at 11.05. In case you uh, have not realized it, I am not just dominating the conversation and not letting Joe DiBiase talk. Joe isn't with us today. He's not here. So that's why you got me, Sal Capaccio. I'll be off the rest of the week, though. Uh, today. Today's the last day you get a chance to talk to me this week. So if you want to get in, do that. 803-0550 is the number. 803-0550. And I want to turn the conversation to the Bills. We'll get back to the Sabres when we have Paul on in a little while. But the reason why I want to turn the conversation to the Bills is yesterday I was on a podcast with John Scott of Spectrum News. Now, I do this podcast with him every year. It's a video podcast. We go over to the Spectrum News building. They, you know, have a have cameras and stuff. And there's, you know, uh, there's audio and there's video and they put it on their YouTube page and their Facebook do a really good job of it. John invited me again this year. And this year it was myself. It was Matt Perino of Syracuse.com. And it was Joe Biscalia of The Athletic. And John, as he always does, asks the panel to give a bold take for the 20, for the offseason and into the new season. Last year, my bold take was wrong. Just going to be freely admitting of it. And this is an old takes exposed thing. But it is a bold take, right? My bold take last year was that the Bills were going to sign Gabe Davis to an extension before the new season started. Obviously, that not only did not happen, but it still hasn't happened. And I'm pretty sure at this point, we're all thinking Gabe Davis is no longer going to be a Buffalo Bill and he's going to get a contract from someone else. That was my bold take last year. Did not hit. This year, I'm going to give you my bold take. I'm not going to give you Matt's or Joe's because I want you to watch it and I'll tease it and I'll let you know. But I will tell you, Matt's bold take had to do with what position the Bills may go, where they may go in the first round of the draft. His bold take. All right. Might uh, be interesting for you to listen to and fire off some uh, tweets or whatever at Matt, Matt Perino. And then Joe's bold take was a certain position already on the Bills and how they may fill a void and who might be starting there next year. So I want you to go watch that. Go check it out. You can find it. I retweeted it at Sal Sports. John Scott, Spectrum News. It was me. It was Matt. It was Joe. Had an hour-long discussion on all things Bills. Those were our bold takes. I want your bold take for the offseason. That's what I want on this program today. What's your bold take for the Bills offseason? Now, what's a bold take? Now, you could go as far as you want, of course, and give something completely unreasonable, but why would you waste your time calling with that? A bold take is basically, hey, I think this might happen. I'm going to give a take. I think this might happen. Yeah, maybe not be a great shot of it, but I'm going to go. I'm going to call my shot. That could be a contract extension, a release, a trade, a draft pick, more draft, something with coaching, something with front office. I mean, you could even do schedule. I don't care. Something this offseason that you have a bit of a bold take about. You've just been thinking, you know what? I just really think the Bills might do this. 803-0550. Taking your bold takes today on the Extra Point Show on this day before Valentine's Day. Did you go out and buy anybody any Valentine's Day gifts yet? Did you buy those cards yet for the kids when they go to school and they got to give cards out or candy hearts? They still do that? I think we do. I gotta, I got to find out if we're doing that. If he's going to school tomorrow with candy hearts to hand out, uh, did you did you do that before, uh, Josh? You you remember when you went to school on Valentine's Day and did you have that thing where everybody got a Valentine's Day card and you wrote something nice on it? Did you do that? Yeah, they'd be those little like cheap like tiny little yeah. squares and and it would just say something cheesy on it. Yeah, we used to do that mm-hmm. until probably like I don't know like sixth grade I think, and then you know we got to high school and everyone stopped. And you just got that, too but, old for it. You're not doing it anymore, yeah, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> Well, I could tell you that I remember doing it in, you know, second and third grade. And I remember saving the card of the girl I liked who gave me a card. Wow. I would save it. 
my mom found one in the drawer one time. Like, why do you have this card? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I was like probably in fourth grade. I'm like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I say, I would save the card of the girl that I liked in class who gave me that Valentine guard card. Mm-hmm. I might still have it somewhere. I don't know. I think you got to look for it now. You got to look for it now. I doubt, I doubt I have it. I, I'm going to leave the show to go look for that card right now. Uh, 803-0550, if you want to give a call here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Sal Capaccio with you. Uh, we will go to the phone lines. Look at your bold takes on the Bills offseason today. Uh, but let's start with Russ in New Jersey. Hi, Russ. You're on the Extra Point Show. What's up? Hi. Good morning. I want to go back because I had a good conversation with you yesterday. We spoke about the uh, the Super Bowl, about the, the overtime in the Frisco. Yep. I don't know if you remember. Let, let me ask I do. two questions because I got off the phone and I thought of something. Number one, first of all, based on what you said, do you think if Frisco and they got down to the nine-yard line, do you think if they would have scored a touchdown, they would have gone for two? And my second question is, going back to the, to the to the Chiefs, you said they would they said they would have gone for two. I wonder. I, I know they said they talked about it, but I wonder if they talked out about that. You know, before the game, and it, it didn't have to be overtime. It could have been at the end of the game. If they, you know, but my, my point is, was the reasoning because they thought, oh, my defense is so tired? Because if you think about it, if you. No, no, let me. Like, no, no, I, I can answer your questions, Russ, right here before you go on. I'm sorry, only because I have more calls, but I'll answer your questions, all right? The first, I'll take the second question first. The okay. Chiefs said they've been rehearsing that all year, that if they got into that position in the playoffs, they would go for two if they got the ball second. This was not something they thought of just in the middle of the game. They so had thought about that. I don't, I, I, don't know, I don't know about the end-of-the-game scenario if they'd gone for two, but specifically they had said, and Andy Reid and the, their players said, it's something back to training camp they thought about, hey, if we're in the playoffs in this scenario, we're going for two. Okay. But let me ask you a question on that. What are the better odds? Now, take the defense being tired out of the equation. Are better yep. odds that you kick the one, you kick off the Frisco? What percentage of drives do you think Frisco started from their 25 and scored on? Now, remember, if they I could probably, Google, I could probably look that up, but I think, but here's what I would tell you. You have over a 50% chance of conversion on a two-point conversion. So you would win the game. You have over a half of a chance to win on that one play versus giving the team the hold on just for just giving the team the ball and letting them go down and kick a field goal. Now I want to take your first question. I have no idea if San Francisco would have gone for two on that if they'd scored. I don't think Kyle Shanahan would have, just knowing the way he coached. I don't in coaches, I, I don't think they would have, but they certainly could have. Right. So because I think just to finish this, um I, I think they, they uh I, th- I think they're probably better odds of you taking the one. I'm just saying by odds, nothing to do with the defense being tired. And, and Frisco probably doesn't score on drive starting at the 25. There's probably less chances than you. Well, they just the did the previous drive. Right, right. That's, a, that's fair. And that's fair if, you, if, if I say they would. Right, because if I say they would. They would only need to get to the other team's 30-yard line, 35-yard line, you know, Russ. So, hey, buddy, I got to run, but it's, it's all good fodder to talk about, and I appreciate you following up. Thank you. Uh, you got it, buddy. Let's go to Ron in Jamestown. What's the bold take, Ron? Well, hey, Sal. Um, we met down on the field during the year, and I think that the Jets, with a healthy Aaron Rodgers back, are going to overtake the Dolphins and be the main competition for the Bills next year. Okay. 
So this is more of an in-season 2024 take, not a Bills off-season take, which is fine. Now I will ask yeah. you, where will they be in relation to the Bills, do you think? I, I still think that the Bills are the cream of the crop in the AFC East. I think that uh, Brandon Bean is going to do his homework, and uh, I think Gabe Davis is gone. We're going to bring in a rookie wide receiver that is going to be very efficient and uh, do the job well enough to help uh, uh, Stefan get back to where he needs to be for us to really be successful. All right, Ron, thanks a lot for the uh, bold take. Let's go to Joe in Akron. Hi, Joe. Yes, uh, hi, Sal. I want to appreciate you, uh, everything you do for the Bills. Um, I want to do, uh, it's kind of a take, and then with a little bit of input from you, I would, I would like to know uh, what it would take if we could trade uh, Gabe Davis in our first rounder, and how much more it would take to get like a Myron Harrison Jr. or somebody like that. Well, you can't trade Gabe Davis. He's on an expiring contract. His contract is up. Um, oh, okay. At, there, there's, a, there's a freeze. You can't trade until the new league year. And once the new league year starts, his contract's up. Oh, okay. What, what would it take to get a, somebody like a premier guy like Myron Harrison Jr. for this team? Okay, so good question, Joe. Let me address it here. I'm going gonna, I'm, uh, I'm gonna to even weave this into what my bold take is, okay? My bold take that I gave John Scott on Spectrum News, like I said, don't want to ruin the whole show, but I'll give it to you. I say the Bills actually do move up to take a wide receiver this year. I, I don't. This is just a bold take, folks. It's a prediction. I have no idea. They have moved up recently, and they have taken guys in spots. They moved up to get um, Dalton Kincaid last year. They moved up to get Kyrie Elam. They did not move up the year they got Greg Rousseau. They were sitting there, but I think they, I think they liked Jane Phillips. Jalen Phillips was a little too high, but they still got a guy they liked in Greg Rousseau. Um, they have seen players at positions they like get drafted ahead of where they pick. And I think this year might be the year where Brandon Bean says, screw it, I'm going up high enough to make sure I get my guy. So how high is that, Joe, to answer your question? If you wanted Marvin Harrison, if you wanted Malik Neighbors, you are easily giving up next year's number one. Easily. Because those guys are going in the top ten. You want to get in the top ten, Joe, you're giving up next year's number one. If you want to get to maybe around 20 from 28, I don't think it'll cost a one. It could. It's probably going to cost a two. You okay with that, Joe? Going up to top ten, you're going to have to go up next year's number one and some. I I think we got to go for it now. We can't keep waiting. Okay, I like it. That was my bold take, that I think they do go higher than normal. Maybe they do give up next year's number one. By the way, let's remember the trade that the Chiefs came up to get from the Bills. It was 27-10. to 10. They took Patrick Mahomes. They gave up their next year's number one, and that, that current year in the draft, number two, the Bills drafted Deion Dawkins. You want to go that high? You're talking a two, a one, there's more. Now, the Chiefs took a quarterback that might kind of change the equation a little bit, that's what you're talking about. Paul Hamilton on the way. We'll talk Sabres. We'll get an update on Owen Power, what Don Granado said about him today. And then we'll get back to your phone calls and your bold takes for the Bills 2023, uh, 2024 offseason here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. 
And Paul Hamilton joins me on the West Her Hotline. Sabres back in action tonight. They take on the Los Angeles Kings. 7 o'clock puck drop downtown. 6 o'clock pregame here on WGR. And, Paul, we heard news today from Don Granado right here on WGR that Owen Power is going to be out a little while. What more can you tell us? Yeah, it's... Uh it seemed like he was uh, messing with his hand last yesterday in practice, and uh, uh, we don't know that for sure. That's what the injury is, but that just seemed like what they were looking at before he left. So that puts Jacob Bryson into the lineup, and uh, I don't believe Riley Stillman's playing yet in Rochester. Uh, I'd have to check on that, but uh, he was injured. Um, I'll have to check to see if he's back yet or not. So I don't know if he would be somebody, because they got to get a defenseman up here as their number seven probably going to be Cal Clegg uh, that'll wind up uh, up here so uh, that puts him down 2D as you know Samuelson is out for the season he has had his surgery it went the way they thought it would so that all went well but uh, he's out for the season and now Power's out for a week or two you know last year Paul they had a bunch of injuries and I remember the conversation with Kevin Adams about why do you have all these injuries they're going to examine the training staff it doesn't feel like this year those are the kinds of injuries they're having these are accidents happening on the ice guys getting hit with pucks right guys running into boards these are the kinds of injuries that nobody could really predict or do anything about whereas last year it was hey why are we having these soft muscle issue injuries tissue injuries and that's not the case this year but they have had certainly a long string of bad luck with them yeah you've got the concept right it was two years ago last year they were actually pretty thank good you at injuries. sorry thank um, you but yes but the concept is correct yes um, and, you know, it is something that they look at in the summertime uh, with injuries and what can they do in their training. They get together with uh, sports science and what can they do. I mean, part of what sports science is also is making sure the players don't overdo when their bodies are in fatigue. And sports science people know when the human body is in fatigue. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. 
Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And when you have to back off or when you can really go hard. And, uh, you know, that's what sports science is all about. So, uh, you know, they work in hand in hand and very carefully with that department. Paul Hamilton's reports here on WGR, as always, brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Thinking about today and planning for tomorrow and by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. When Granado was asked about Owen Power's season, he kind of gave an answer that was, to me, coach speak for, yeah, it really hasn't been that great. And, you know, he has not given us what we've needed because he said, like a lot of our players, you know, he's struggled and he's had times, but you see the talent. I, I've, I've gotten that answer about too many of these guys this year, but Owen Power is right in the thick of it. What has, why has his season seemingly been a sophomore slump, do you think? A lot of it is being a second-year defenseman, and you can go with Hedman, Carlson, Darlene. All of them struggled for at least three years, some of them four, before they became mm. the players that they are today. Um, Power is in his second season. I, I would agree. I, actually... For about 15, 16 games where the Sabres were the third best uh, defensive team in the NHL right before these last two games. And actually, they haven't given up all that many goals in the last two games either. That probably that probably hasn't changed too much. Uh, I, I thought he had improved. I thought he, Darlene, Samuelson, before he got injured, all had started to play better and he started to play better. The biggest thing I see with him that he has to improve on is awareness. He just seems to, at times, like especially in front of the net, to be clueless that somebody's with him. And then that guy scores a goal, and he's, like, shocked. What What happened type of thing? He gets locked on the puck, and he puck watches, and then guys get around him or go by him, and he doesn't even know they're there. So I think, to me, those types, that type of awareness is something that I think he really needs to improve on. I'm not extremely worried about him just because I know the history of developing defensemen. It doesn't always happen that way. It didn't happen that way for Quinn Hughes in Vancouver. Uh, it didn't happen that way for McCarr in Colorado. So it doesn't always happen that way, but I've seen some guys who are going to be Hall of Fame defensemen uh, in, in Carlson and Hedman struggle mightily in their first three or four years. So it, honestly, with Owen Power, it doesn't surprise me. Paul, there's been buzz out there about Casey Middlestat, maybe moving him. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, you don't know what's going to happen necessarily. But would it be a mistake to trade Casey Middlestat? And if you did, what did what would you need to get back for him? Well, you, you need to get players back for him. I was listening to you earlier, and I agree 100%. Good players. I mean, the, yeah. the days of getting 18-year-olds and draft picks and all that, uh, that's not what the Sabres need right now. They have enough of that. And I agree also that it's not, not impossible to make a hockey trade at the deadline, but it's not done all that often. We've already had one with Calgary uh, and Vancouver that was a hockey trade about a week, or a week and a half ago, but they aren't all that common. So what we're talking about with Casey Middlestad could be something where they lay the groundwork now and then it happens sometime in the summertime. There's only so many guys you can pay, and they've already identified some of their core and paid those players. I'm sure they'd like to get long-term contracts when the time comes with Quinn, Paterka, and Levi. 
I mean, I'm sure that's what they're looking at. And it just comes to a point where there's only so many guys you can sign and to long-term deals. Now, if Casey Middlestat was willing to sign a one- or two-year deal, yeah, you could, you'd fit him in. But um, my point that I made earlier, and I'm going to keep making it, is they got some really good hockey players, and it's not working. You know, they just, as a team together, this core group is not working. And especially at home, where they're awful for two consecutive years, that's not a fluke anymore. You could have said maybe last year's a fluke. But they've done the exact same thing this year, actually worse. So that, to me, is not a fluke. That's a bunch of guys who freeze up and don't play at home and can't play at home and tend to play much better on the road. But I don't think it's one of those things where you can just laugh it off and say, well, they'll get better. No, it's not anymore. They'll get better. And my, my thought is, why does it necessarily have to be Casey Middlestat? I mean, I'm not blaming, and I'm, I'm, I'm repeating what I said earlier, and I'm going to keep saying mm-hmm. it. I'm not blaming Thompson or Cousins or any of those guys I might bring up here. But you need a, you need a good defenseman. You don't need to make over your number six and number seven defenseman. You need a guy that can play next to Rasmus Dahlin, a number two or a number three type of a guy. Who says you can't trade Tage Thompson for that guy? Who says you can't trade Dylan Cousins for that guy? And if you do that, now you have room to, number one, put Casey Middlestat into the top six, and number two, make him part of your core. And you also have behind Casey Middlestat a bunch of centers, Kulik, Savoy, Oslin, all number one picks. So you have guys behind them. So I'm not, I'm not saying trade those guys for just mm-hmm. anything, but if they net you a guy you, you can say is your number two defenseman is a right-handed shot who can play with Darlene, why does it have to be Casey Middlestat? Be bold. Sometimes you know you just have to be bold and make a move love it. That, that's bold, you know? Not because you're down on the player <laughs> that you're trading. No. But you're getting a – there's nothing wrong with both teams being happy with the return they get on their trade uh, that way. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily, in my mind, have to be Casey Middlestat, but moves have to be made because this group as is doesn't work. I, I love it because my theme of my show today is what's your bold take for the Bills offseason? I'm asking people, and you just use the word bold. And what you're saying, Paul, is essentially, hey, Nobody can be untouchable here. Yeah, you, yes. it would suck. You don't want to trade Darlene. Dylan Cousins. You don't Darlene want to trade Tate Thompson. But you, yeah, who is Darlene? Darlene, he'd That's be your it. only one. Yep. Okay. But ever, yeah. But right, you can't have a as much as you love what you're you 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 think you love what you're building and you have these young players and you've locked some up. You can't have a mindset of they're not going to be. You, I can't trade them because. I mean, you need to make your team better, and that's, at the end of the day, what the objective is here. So, no, I, I like it, and I, I wouldn't want to see those guys traded, but you're right. If you want to get better, that might have to be the route that this team has to go. Um, Devin Levi, obviously another sophomore season, hasn't gone completely the way they wanted. Joe always points out it's kind of normal, though, for a goalie to have you know this type of season and this type of development. Where do you think they stand on their goaltending situation now as it looks heading into 2024? Are they, do you think they're confident once they get to September, October, they have the right two guys right now in Levi and UPL? Or are we going to be doing the same dance we did last year? 
if Lukanen continues to play like he is throughout the end of the season, I think that's a big enough. It, it's not like he just did it in the last half month of the season. It would be, he would, basically did it for most of the season, except when he came back from sickness. That was really a, the only stretch where you didn't like his play. Uh, but um, I, I think Lukanen, if he continues on the, what he's doing right now, I think has shown them they have a goalie. You know, they, they, they can count on him, and it's not something they have to worry about. Levi is doing the same thing that Ryan Johnson's doing, too. College players, their first year in pro hockey. It's not easy on a lot of college players. They're not used to this type of schedule. They're used to Friday and Saturday games and then practices. Friday, Saturday games and then practices. They're not used to playing three and four and what they're going in. I've noticed a slip in Ryan Johnson's play. Not that I'm worried about it. I, I think he'll be fine as a defenseman, but he's not used to this type of a pace that he's into for the first time. This is the first time Levi's been into this pace. And Joe's right, goaltenders also. Ryan Miller played, spent time in the American Hockey League. Hellebuck spent time in the American Hockey League. I believe it was 88 games for him. Ryan Miller talks very highly about the time he spent learning in the American Hockey League. So... It would, you know, it doesn't surprise me that Levi has to take this route. I thought if there was anybody that could maybe jump from college hockey to the pros, it would be him. But I was wrong, just going by what I saw at the end of last year. But uh, no, he wasn't ready to do that, and you know, he's where he's supposed to be. And I, I think they, I don't really, even if Lukanen gets hurt, this this is done. I don't even know if I would touch Levi then. I. I Bring up Tokarski, let Comrie Tokarski, whatever. I just, I think I, I, for his development, I think Levi needs to be there for the rest of the season. If the Amherst made the playoffs, go on a playoff run and go through that whole thing. Uh, this this team is not going to go on a 10-game winning streak. Um, so if, if Lukanen were to get hurt, all right, it's not going to be fun probably to have Comrie and Tokarski in your net, but I would rather leave Levi there and let him learn. Paul, both UPL and Casey Middlestead are RFAs at the end of the year. If they are both on the team at the end of the season and aren't traded at the deadline for some reason, would arbitration be a possibility for either of them? Would you see any of that? Middlestead has arbitration. I'd have to look up if Lukanen does. Um, okay. I don't believe so, but I, I have to look it up uh, to, to okay. see. But, uh, yeah, as far as... Um, Casey? I, Casey, you know, he's going to be probably a five, six million dollar hockey player. Honestly, with Lukanen just now starting, I don't know what to make of how much money he could mm-hmm. make. Is it long term? Do you sign him to a two year deal? Do you try to lock him up? That I don't have an answer for you there. I, I, again, he's just, you know, kind of getting into being a number one goaltender now so uh what does that mean uh, as far as a contract goes i don't know if even his agent right now if you were to ask him what that means as far as his contract goes so uh it's a very interesting proposition when it comes to him as where he might go as far as contract terms how long what is that what is the price I think you can get a pretty good handle on Casey Middlestat's price, but uh, for Lukanen, I, I think that's going to be a lot harder. I'm assuming Lukanen in goal tonight? Yep, I think it's Lukanen in goal until 
he mm -hmm. wears down, or you get to the back-to-back -back in the beginning of March, which is a back-to-back -back in Toronto and in Nashville. Kind of a weird road trip, but oh, yeah. uh, in, in in those two places. And uh, so I think uh, Lukanen goes till then as long as he can. Two little things from this game, by the way, I wanted to mention before we go because I know we're probably sure. short on time. Both teams are going against the grain here. The Sabres are not good at home. <laughs> Unless they're playing the Los Angeles Kings. In their last 21 games, they're 17-3-1 at home against the Kings. Now, the Kings have a very good 15-6-4 road record. But, all right, 6-4 adds up to 10 losses because you take a loss for the overtimes and everything. Seven of those 10 losses have come in their last eight road games. Wow. So, yeah, they got a really good road record, but not lately. <laughs> you know, no, and I remember when the Sabres played them. When the Sabres played them at home a couple weeks ago, they had been on a bit of a skid, too. Yeah, they do, they won their last time. road game. Before that, they were yep. one, four, and three in their last eight road games. So, some, one of these trends is going to have to break here tonight. Well, I in, in the Sabres, by the way, so everybody knows, the Sabres are wearing their um, black and red, their goathead jerseys tonight, in case you're going downtown uh, to the arena. I, I am tight on time, but I did not want to forget this, and I almost did. What is your take on the Morgan Riley Ridley Gregg situation? You can't be cross-checking people in the head. He needs to be suspended for a long time. And if if there is the code is violated, then the code is violated and uh, whatever. But you can't go running around cross-checking him in the head. It, it's just you can't. And uh, so... Uh, he needs to be suspended and suspended for a good long time. Yes, Uko Pekalukin does have arbitration, by the way. I was looking that up while we were talking. Thank you. Um, so he does have arbitration rights. Uh, so, yeah. I, 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 if Riley I, just I, goes and grabs him and takes him down and says, I'm going to drop I mean, your gloves. I don't think we're in this, this situation at all, and yeah. everybody kind of understands each side, right? Drop your gloves, let's go. If you think yeah. he's violated a code or or whatever. But you cannot. It's like in baseball. If the code is violated and the, the teams go out and they fight at the pitcher's mound, that's fine. But if you bring a bat with you and start swinging <laughs> yeah. a bat or drop kicking guys with your spikes, different story. You know, the way so, you say uh, violate the code, I feel like you think <laughs> that he did nothing wrong by slapping it either. Like, are you, do you think that was just like, come on, what are we doing? Or I don't care. Do you care he slapped it? Would you care? I don't personally care, but I, I understand okay. there's a code and all yeah. that. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't really rile me up all that much uh, <laughs> if I was out there. So what? He took a slap shot in the net. Maybe, maybe if we played better, he wouldn't be taking slap shots I, in the empty net because we wouldn't have to pull our goalie. I, I, I hear that part of it for sure. Paul, uh, we'll follow you along at PM1717 and WGR550.com. Have a great day and night, and uh, obviously Sabres downtown tonight. You'll be all over it. Thanks, buddy. Take care. All right, you got it. Marty was hot about it yesterday on Sabres Live. He was, yeah. Like, he thought that was the, that was it. Now, he's a goalie talking, and that's a net, right? Like, the net is sacred for the goalie. Marty was hot and on Sabres Live about the slap shot from Ridley Gregg. And, like, yeah, the code. Violated the code. Get your head in a swivel, pal, because you just violated the, he said that. Like, because he violated the code. I thought it was a great discussion. Him and Duffer had, and I think it's a really it's one of those discussions we we have a lot of times in sports. It's Jose Batista flipping the bat after the home run, and right these codes that come up, these unwritten codes. We talked about that, by the way, 
on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo, the football podcast. I asked Matt Bove, who's a big hockey fan, what he thought. So check that out. It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. A new episode has dropped both video and audio, but we talked about that at the end of it. All right. When I come back, I only have a couple minutes before we get to Evan Lazar. But when I come back, there is a conspiracy theory floating around out there that you may have seen that has to do with the Kansas City Chiefs and their final drive against the Niners to tie it. Was it fixed? Conspiracy? After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We will investigate when we come back on the Extra Point Show. Okay, maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't. I'll explain it. You'll find it. You'll see it. I've had people tweeting at me. I've had friends texting me about it. What is going on? Sal, investigate. All right. I've investigated the NFL last drive, Kansas City Chiefs, it's rigged conspiracy theory. Here's the situation. There's a video going around. You might have seen it. Chiefs get the ball down 19-16. Final drive. There's 153 left inside the two-minute warning. First and 10 at their own 25. Patrick Mahomes passes the ball to Travis Kelsey, who gets a first down. Now they're at the 35-yard line, maybe 36 it looked like could have been. Another first down. Patrick Mahomes scrambles, gets out of bounds after a three-yard gain. All right, it's going to be second and seven, but wait, but wait. The broadcast, the graphic on the bottom says first and ten again. No, not a second down, a first down. It is rigged. They gave an extra first down. He didn't, he was supposed to be first and ten. How do you only go for three yards and get another first down? It's totally rigged for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm i going to play the part of Mulder and Scully here, okay? You ever watch X-Files? I love X-Files. Now, Mulder would have been totally into the conspiracy theory. Like, yes, this is true. Scully would have been like, nah, let me tell you what really happened here. I am Scully here. Here's what happened, just so everybody knows. On the first play, the pass to Kelsey. Yes, it appeared he got a first down. He was not given a first down. They say his knee hit. It was actually second and one, even though the TV graphic put first and ten because everyone assumed he got a first down. So the TV graphic says first and ten. It's actually only second and one. So when Mahomes scrambles for three yards, he gets a first down legitimately. But the TV broadcast says, wait a minute. 
How could you get first down after it was only first and 10 and you went three yards? And now we have people tweeting out videos of it. One of the videos I saw didn't even give you the Travis Kelsey play, so it looked really, really fishy, right? I'm I'm sorry. I have to be scully here and give you the real facts. There was no conspiracy theory. It wasn't rigged. They didn't give Kelsey a first down. If anything, the Chiefs got screwed on that first play because I think Kelsey should have had a first down, but they gave him a second and one. And then Mahomes scrambled for three yards for another first down. Because it was second and one. Sorry to ruin your conspiracy theory party, tinfoil hatters. We'll take a timeout. Evan Lazar from New England up next to talk about the Patriots and their offseason and the NFL and what could be a lot of quarterback movement. We'll do that when we come back in WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.